Coffee Talk includes real talk that may not vibe with some listener preferences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, glad you could join us on Coffee Talk. I'm Jessie. And I'm Kat. We're two friends that could not be more different. Besides our love for multiple beverages and melodramatic TV shows. We drink coffee, talk about coffee, catch up with you all, and have a real good coffee talk. Okay, sounds good. Talk about something else. <laughs> I don't I mean, you're the weirdo. You're the one that won't, like, start the podcast. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, what are you drinking for this episode? Uh, the the usual summertime coffee for me. Uh, cowboy uh, cold brew with some um, almond milk and a little bit of, like, stevia. That's pretty cool. I am being super basic, and I'm really happy that it's kind of sort of fall, even though it's 80 degrees outside for me, but I picked up a pumpkin spice latte this morning from my favorite local coffee place, so I'm pretty happy. Gross. Okay. Well, like, isn't 80 degrees, like, normal for, like, the south in, like, the fall? Yeah, it's not too bad considering it's September. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) considering (laughs) September and global warming. But um, I just really need to get into fall because it was such a hot summer here, like 100 degrees for weeks in a row. And Dude, like I, when I moved ugh. here, I didn't have air conditioning for like two months. Mm. Well, besides that, how have you been? Oh, <laughs> well, we'll have to get into that uh, as we discuss today's topic. It's just too on the nose it's practically foul how on the nose it is (laughs) um but uh what what about you anything anything happening with you yeah um i have had one hell of a past few weeks i finished up a lot of summer classes and then which were prereqs for vet school and i recently as in last week submitted my vet school applications which is huge because they take forever but i'm so glad that's finally off my plate and now i'm just kind of settling into this semester and seeing where things go, but I just about got a heart attack the other day for my email because I got this email from one of the universities I applied to that was like, thank you for applying. And usually things like that are, you know, rejection emails. And it was one of the schools that I was for sure I would get into because they're not the best program. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, I submitted this like three days ago and the worst program's already rejecting me. And I opened it and all they were saying is, thank you for applying. We're letting you know we received your application and it's under review. Do they normally not do that for, for vet school apps? Well, the thing is, is I've already gotten confirmations from everything through the software that I applied through. Oh, so that was so like one it was individual weird to get like program. a secondary. Yes, telling me that thanks for applying, like we got your application. So it really just got- freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it did. Uh, but other than that, I uh, tested negative for COVID the other day, so feeling pretty good. I'm sure I don't have it. I just, you know, I'm a germaphobe. Right. A germaphobe in the age of a pandemic while in your 20s. That just sounds like a bad movie. Yeah, yeah, I don't, no, I don't go outside. (laughs) 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 So are you, like, listening to anything new, like any new music, or are you listening to the same old, like, old shit? 
Well, I recently made this playlist called, and I named it Best of the Best. I'm pretty proud of it. But it compiled <laughs> all of my favorite songs. And you know that I listen to the most random and unconnected genres. So it has like my favorite Tom Petty songs, my favorite two-door cinema songs, like Foster the People. So it's got the indie and alternative. It has classic rock in it. It even has like hip-hop, rap, current, you know, top 40 type music on there but it makes me really happy to listen to and yeah i just i'm, I'm vibing with that i've been playing it on repeat cool. what about you yeah i've been like i don't know like this whole year i've been really like vibing with like the new like neo soul like afro indie contemporary r&b like genres um that just started to kind of like bloom in 2018 i'd say mm-hmm. um but this week, I was, like, super excited for Alicia Keys' new album, Alicia. Uh, specifically, the song Me Times 7, uh, featuring Tara Wack. And she's actually why the song is, like, my favorite in the album. Uh, but Tara Wack kind of, like, got into the mainframe in 2018. Um, she's an American rapper, singer, songwriter. Um, and she, like, I guess her first, like well-known album was Whack World uh but she is like a really unique sound and kind of like an eclectic couple of types of songs definitely check her out and definitely check out the new Alicia Keys album I'll definitely have to give that a listen well um I guess this is a great time to transition into our episode topic for today we are going to talk about the lifelong friendship of self. I guess um, most people don't phrase lifelong friendship of self. I guess most of the time we hear like self-love and self-care. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they have started like a branding campaign for like skincare products based off of that by now. <laughs> so I guess we should start by defining the terms. Merriam-Webster defines self-love as an appreciation of one's own worth and virtue. So that's phrase number one. Now, World Health Organization uh, defines... Oh, bring in who? Okay. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we... we always cite our sources here mm-hmm. and we only use reputable sources okay dot org dot gov dot edu only <laughs> okay all right so who defines self-care as the ability of individuals families and communities to promote health prevent disease maintain health and to cope with illness and disability with or without the support of a healthcare provider nice so is that what you expected the definitions of those phrases to be? That definitely sounds very politically correct of a phrase <laughs> of like self-care and self-love. Um, I, I think that's pretty on brand. I think it's kind of taken on a whole different beast, though, in modern culture. I think it's a little more aggressive in modern culture. What do you mean? Well, I mean, I think that it kind of can get to a point of being toxic. Like, people say, oh, I'm doing self-care right now, so I'm going to go binge eat or binge drink. Which, you know, I'm not shitting on anyone when I say that because I, every now and again, like to go out for a little bender. But I think it's dangerous sometimes for us to excuse really bad behavior or, like, unhealthy behavior for ourselves as under the guise of oh it's just self-love 
or I'm just accepting myself. I think it's important to have like periods of time where you don't follow like rules that you may have set yourself on, but I don't think we should also refer to it as like a cheat day because there's nothing wrong and that establishes a negative association with things that, you know, bring us joy. And I've personally heard from friends, for example, that have eating disorders that hate the term cheat day because then it just furthers that negative association with certain types of food. So I think sometimes self-love and self-care has gone a little bit too far and we just excuse behavior that is not actually helping us in the long run, which I guess goes against the definition that you provided from the dictionary and then who, but that's kind of just my take on it. Yeah. So I would go even further in the extreme of that opinion. I loathe these terms. That's actually why I refused to name them in the title. Gotcha. Um, I think self-love and self-care are misrepresentative of what people are trying to use them for and what they consequentially execute those phrases for. You know what I'm saying? Like, Spoken like a true lawyer in training. <laughs> right. I don't know. Like, I feel like people don't know what these words mean. And they true. just kind of, like, say them in, like, an effort to, like, care about themselves. But, like, what is self-love? And what is self-care? And, like, why why are they different than, like, normal kinds of love and care? Like, why are they different categories? Like, True. Do do we even know how to love and care? Like, do we love and care properly for the people we do consider loved ones, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, people that we do care for, like, especially, like, parents. Like, do we do that correctly? And, like, if we are doing that well, like, are we applying those same principles to ourselves, and vice versa? So, like, I just think it's... It's giving broken tools to broken people to do a broken Oof, job. Snap <laughs> like, to that. that. That is poetic right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I would agree with you, though, because to some extent, I think we have perpetuated toxic positivity, which is something that I learned about very recently. And I could not describe more perfectly how it felt growing up in a relatively well-to-do place and around people that like going to Catholic school for a good majority of my formative years. Um, I went, obviously, you know, we went to school together, but I went to Catholic school, only middle school and high school. But those years, I was there, I was there, like, there the whole time. whole way through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole time. And while I loved so many aspects of Catholic school, like I really felt like I gained the benefit that everyone preaches to you that you gain. In Catholic school, I know you might have a different opinion on that, but I personally am happy with it. The only thing that I did not like was that toxic positivity because I was the first kid at that high school to ever not have a parent. Like a lot of people lost parents to divorce or maybe, you know, didn't know one of their parents growing up, but I was the first kid to like have a parent die. And that was my defining characteristic as a freshman in high school. Because if you remember, that happened to me like a month into school, literally. And they announced it on the PA system. (laughs) For real. The PA system at the end of the day. And I know that they meant well when they were saying like, 
please pray for the blank family because of this loss. And I appreciate that. But it was like every but single it was like staff outed, member. No, right? literally. Every single yeah. staff member, every teacher, every student, even like upperclassmen. And I was just a freshman knew me by that. And when I came back to school eventually after a couple of weeks, it was like everyone knew I was coming back for the first time since my dad died. And so it was like they went about it in a way that was intentionally kind. I know their hearts were in the right place. But seriously, like the toxic positivity hit me then. People were like, just be happy or like, and gratitude, I, I will give some encouragement to this, that gratitude is what got me out of the hole that I was getting deeper and deeper in because I had to be grateful for the small things in my life and when I was really struggling with my depression and anxiety. But seriously, like, But having everybody so... come up to you saying, like, just take the good times right. as they come and, you know, just be grateful for the life that you yes. have. Like, that really makes you feel feel great doesn't it (laughs) yes and it does not it does not help or people even trying to level with me or say like oh I understand well you don't like (laughs) you just don't you don't understand (laughs) and this has never happened to you yes and I just think that the culture we've created of self-love and self-care has perpetuated that toxic positivity and that's what I don't like definitely definitely so what do you think about my idea the lifelong friendship of self (laughs) I like that you're framing it in a different perspective. I think that's kind of important. And I think friendship of self personally is completely separate almost from self-love and self-care. I don't know why I associate them as two different entities, but I do. Like I said, I don't like those words. And I think that they are broken tools. Like, Mm -hmm. so I wanted to make something new. Like, I didn't want to reframe it. I didn't want to rework it. I wanted to trash that and and make something new (laughs) i kind of love that yeah and i know people make fun of of their friends and stuff for like the neurotic kind that talk to themselves (laughs) but honestly like i think that's what's helped me become like who i am today is that like i've always talked to myself (laughs) like always talked to myself like not not out loud Right. I mean, sometimes, well, but sometimes. like, that's <laughs> not, not all the time. And I always treated myself like I was talking to another person, you know? And Jess, and- I think that's important. I think it's important to recognize your subconscious or even conscious self as, like, a person. Because, I mean, you are. Yeah. And, like, it's almost like dimensions. Like, mm-hmm. it's like you're reaching the multidimensional facets of, like, yourself. I like that. That's a good take on it. But I I do like the idea of the different frame of mind. I think it's important to consider yourself as a friendship in and of itself. Like you need to get a good relationship with yourself in order to love yourself and not self-love, but like in order to literally love yourself, accept yourself as who you are, accept the things that you can't change, but then, you know, care enough that you want to change what you can if need be and I think that's very important yeah and that's actually why I like the word friendship is like you're not just learning to love yourself you're learning how to be a friend to yourself at least the way that I do friendship like that does not mean that I'm cool with everything you're doing (laughs) and I'll vocalize that whenever I think it needs to be said as as you well know right People, people constantly give 
their friend's advice, but they it's like they become the exception to the rule. Oh, Jess, you literally just touched on such a topic that I get so heated about because I cannot stand when friends like come to you and they bear their soul to you and they're like, please help me because for some reason they, I don't know, don't want to see a therapist or they saw a therapist, don't like what the therapist said for any sort of reason and they beg you for advice and you're like here I can literally fix your life for you and (laughs) okay that sounds a little cocky for me to say here I could fix my life or your life for you but I feel like I've had enough life experiences and trauma of my own that I can at least give some helpful words of advice and help people create boundaries because I've had to go through things like that myself so I can share what worked for me but then the most frustrating thing is watching that person say yeah yeah you're right you're right turn around and continue the like bad behavior you know go back to the bad ex go back to the toxic relationship or parent or like family member just reverse everything that they said they wanted to change and disregard your advice and then continue to come back being like I don't know what to do I'm so helpless and this might just be me being a little bit too frank but in those situations I see that as a lie. Like that whole conversation that you had was like based off of a false premise because they didn't want your advice and that's not what they were asking for. And in fact, they weren't asking for anything besides your empathy. So they were coming to you with a false premise, pretending like they wanted your advice when really all they wanted to do was for your heart to be open while you while they spill their BS Mm -hmm. into it and for you to like feel that, ruminate on that and then give a different perspective so that they can then leave feeling like you really listen to them. I would honestly agree with that. I think some people don't even do that with the malicious intent, but it makes them feel better to know that like someone shared that pain and that Mm -hmm. someone took that investment and then they know it's not, they're not going to change because they want to go back to that behavior that made them, even though it might have hurt them, it's regular or it's comforting or it makes them feel good. And my mom has always told me about this because both of us are definitely empaths. I don't know about you, but I really feel deeply I the plead pain. The fifth. What? Please <laughs> <the> right. <laughs> um, I feel so deeply others' pain. And sometimes I think that's what is going to make me a really good veterinarian because I've put that in practice into like my internships and shadowing and my own pets and everything. But that was literally the reason I couldn't be a doctor is because I knew that my emotions would get in the way of decisions. And it's funny because my emotions don't get in the way of decisions with animals. And I don't really know why that is but (laughs) that's how it is and I just really deeply feel the pain of the people that are close to me and so it's so heartbreaking for me to be invested in someone's story invested in someone's success and then for them to either turn around and disregard what I say or to not talk to me about something or to just be in so much pain that I can't do anything about it I was talking about the reverse I don't know if you like I'm sure you do Um, because we've had these conversations over and over and over again, where you come to me talking about some dude 
you like, and I just think they're garbage. And have, to be fair, you have hated every single boy I've ever talked to, even the one that I am almost three years dating. <laughs> I don't hate him. I just oh, don't okay. care about him. I think he's inconsequential. Oh, by the way, to our listeners, we are going to adopt code names to keep the privacy of our friends and family in check. So yeah, if you so what are we going to call your boo? Oh, okay, okay. Um, I think we talked about calling him Golden Retriever or Retriever because he is just cool. so happy-go-lucky and kind and yeah. He's like right. the Golden Retriever person. So we'll, we'll just call him... Um, Goldie? <laughs> yeah. So I don't hate Goldie. Okay. And and I just don't care about Goldie. Oh, that, that's good. Goldie is like the weirdo dog at the park that like won't play with my dog. So I don't give a, you know, a rat's ass. I literally knew you were going to say rat's ass. <laughs> I, I literally knew. Um, I don't know if it's because you've owned rats, but that just seems like such a Jesse thing to say. I don't know. I, I think I, honestly, I think I only say it around you. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's like a coined phrase only for our conversations. Well, see, I but find anyway. comfort in you not thinking Goldie is very relevant because that is exactly how you thought of me for like two or three years yeah, before so we became potential. friends. So there's potential there. there, there so there's fine. potential, yeah. Um, so anyways, the... <laughs> You know, you've you've come to me and you've asked for advice and stuff, and I've been like, no, like this person is taking advantage of you, or like they're not appreciating you because this, 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 and this. And a couple times, I have felt like kind of a kettle calling a pot black because I don't know if you remember, but I had a an interesting relationship with <laughs> someone almost twice my age when I was 18. Oh, yeah. And I don't know, I guess we were both like starting out college and like you were in the dating field and like you would ask me for advice about guys and I just like would give you this beautiful golden advice and then I'd like sit with myself for a second like thinking about this this man I was <laughs> not dating but um, I know exactly having relations with <laughs> um, that was definitely like risky behavior like me now you know like multiple years later I can evaluate that like if I were looking at my friend in that same sort of arrangement with that person. The really the arrangement itself was not bad. It was definitely consensual. It was just like that person. I would have I would have like gone full like mom rage on them and like stolen their phone and like deleted that content. And like you can't see them like, they are unsafe to be around and I didn't apply that those like principles that I have like always had so it wasn't like I just developed these principles now like I had them then I just didn't care because I was bored right and let me tell you folks for all those listeners out there boredom is my kryptonite I can go from superhero to super villain like that when it comes to boredom 
I do not do well, people. Well, Jess, honestly, I would agree with you. And I really thought you were going to turn that back on me and say that I did no. not follow your advice. Because <laughs> it's not is, about you, Catherine. Oh, well, good Lord. That is, we're just, we're just calling out all the, all the character flaws today. Um, but no, I totally agree with you because I did that too. Like you would tell me advice and I'd be like, red flag. What is that? I like red. I like the color red. I'm going to run towards that red flag right now. Um, I definitely did not follow my own advice. And I think that's why now it bothers me so much when people I care about are going through these problems, because the big thing for me is more like when it's an easy fix and the person doesn't seem to want to take that easy fix to improve their mental health or their mental well-being. Because I was in a point in my life where none of my friends were really telling me how bad my relationship was. Like I had really gotten myself deep into, and I did not come up with a code name for him, but I had gotten really deep into something that was not good for me. Like there wasn't necessarily anything wrong with what he was doing because he had kind of made it clear through his actions and words that he did not want to get back together. But I literally was so ingrained that I in your delusion yes that I could not like let that go and then it ended up continuing for like seriously nine months after we broke up the first time the first time and that's just something that no one really told me like Catherine stop yeah (laughs) and I think that's because I probably wouldn't have listened anyways it was literally not until I hit my breaking point of being treated quite honestly like shit that I finally was like, I deserve better than this. And I finally called it off. So I I do the same thing. And I think that's why it bothers me so much now. Definitely. And like... Or I did the same thing. Did. Like, that's that's just such a good example that both of us gave about, like, that's not being a friend to yourself. Like, that's... Ooh, ooh, good tie-in. Like, these are not examples of being a good friend you know, to yourself. Like, if if it was somebody else, you would have done it differently. So why did you do it that way with you? Like, like this is the person that you're stuck with, like, that right. has been Forever. there since the beginning and will be there at the end. So why would you treat them badly? You have to get, you have to live in the same house. Like, you might as well make <laughs> it nice, you know? Your permanent roommate. Um, honestly, if like, I had to answer, I really think that I just had some issues I apparently needed to get out of my system. You could chalk it up to daddy issues because of the death of my father that had happened a few years prior. You can chalk it up to the fact that I never had a relationship in high school and that I did not have my first kiss until the summer before my junior year. And then I didn't kiss anyone again until I basically the summer before college because I was so nervous. I Do you remember the period of time where I'd basically have a panic attack when everyone, whenever someone tried to kiss me? Like literally a panic yes. attack. Yes. So, I was like, dude, it's not, it's not that deep. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then I got to college. Woohoo. Um, yeah. Joy I, I just think that I went through such a long period of being really nervous about an intimate relationship that then when I finally opened myself up to something, I fell so hard for the first guy, literally the first guy that gave me attention and care and was really interested in me, not just like my looks, not just with hooking up. 
And that was where I went down the rabbit trail. Like I was so convinced that that was going to last because it was the first person that took interest in something other than my physical characteristics because all the guys in high school, that was basically all they cared about. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, what about and- you? What? Why? Why do you think you ignored your own self-care advice basically (laughs) not self-care you hate that word (laughs) (laughs) I mean like I wasn't a friend of myself because I didn't care like that's that's the reason my care for myself goes down so much when I am bored like that's what I'm saying like I have to be kept busy like if I'm not kept busy if I'm not like you know like idle hands man like I'm a big believer in the whole idle idle hands is the devil's work like absolutely or devil's playground that's what it is well see i think that's an important distinction that you made for yourself because now you know that as long as you're busy you're less likely to not give a crap about your yourself basically and what you really need so i think that that is a really important takeaway not even just for us but for anyone else listening that it's important to know I guess you could even chalk it up to your triggers or know what is going to make you stop caring so much for yourself and basically be weary of that as you go about your actions. Absolutely. But I also think I was being too much of a pragmatist, like Hmm, if if that's possible, if I can admit (laughs) to that. Um, (laughs) But I, I think I was. I think I was afraid to look for something You know, and it's so weird, too, because I'm not like that in anything else. Like, I am always, like, get exactly what I want. Don't settle for less. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely settled with this guy. Like, he offered me what I was looking for, but it wasn't the right person to be doing it with. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So, it just was, it was me being pragmatic. Like, he offered it and I took it. It was convenient, you know? And, And I think I was afraid. I was afraid to, like, actually go into the terrain and like look for what I was searching for you know what I'm saying so right so yeah I think fear and boredom are bad for people don't do it (laughs) (laughs) I like that um now I kind of honestly would like your take on the culture that I feel like we've created not only just for self-care and self-love but friendship of self because in some capacity I think it can be really really positive because I think it encourages you to like we've been talking about care about yourself and actually take the time to develop a relationship with yourself but on the other hand I think that sometimes it can be bad because the more isolated that I allow myself to become and I have totally noticed this since the pandemic started because I've spent way more time alone than like I feel like I ever have in my entire life Um, I get more aggravated by other people, literally. Like, I'm so content with myself at this point that I love hanging out with just me. And sometimes the little actions of others really pisses me off. And I do not recognize that side of myself. You know me. I doesn't take a whole lot to make me happy. I will be your friend, even if you're not the most nice person, as long as you're nice to me. And I am very open and forgiving and loving. And so it's weird to me when small behaviors irk me. Welcome to the dark side. Oh, we have, oh good. We've been waiting for you. Uh, we do not have cookies because it's dark in here, okay? <laughs> um, you really have been waiting for me for a long time, Jess. Yeah. So I am nothing like Kat on, on that front. I do not like having... I mean, I, I have to be convinced to make friends. I don't 
it's not something that comes naturally to me. I'm I'm you good at school. It. I'm good at working. I'm good at getting things done. I am not I'm not good at the whole like casual conversation thing. So so of course I started a podcast. A perfect solution. Um, right, anyway. Right. Yeah, no, definitely like getting too comfortable with yourself and taking too much care of yourself can definitely create like a negative reaction towards other people. And I think some of that is a projection. So I think some of that is like when you start getting too much in your head and um, like trying to accept yourself and get to know yourself and psychoanalyzing a little too long, then you start creating this subconscious narrative that nothing can be wrong with you. So if nothing's wrong with you, and yet you're having backlash or some other, what do you call it? Like some other negative thing when you're interacting with other people. Well, it can't be about you. So it must be about them. So then everybody else around you is the problem and it's not you. Because right. you spent so much time accepting yourself and working on yourself and talking to yourself that Nothing can be wrong with you. So when there is something wrong, it's everybody else's problem, not yours. So I think part of it is that. I think it's projection. I think that's a great way to put it, too. Yeah, no, I've definitely noticed that. And even if we're getting into the things about, like, I'm not trying to get too spiritual here. But I believe in some ways you can even make yourself physically ill, like, with emotions that you've pent up. Like, for example... um, Sometimes I notice that my throat gets more sore when I'm angry and I'm not speaking my mind. And one day I just Hmm. looked it up like, what does a sore throat mean? Like spiritually. And it literally means that you're not expressing yourself or you have anger that you're not expressing. And so I've actually found that is a really weird resource if I get random like physical symptoms of pain. And sometimes I wonder if that is our conscious trying to tell us like, hey, you are not getting out what you need to get out or you are not taking care of your mental health. So that's just kind of a random little side note. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I do want to touch on like a couple more points since we're not looking for answers here. We just want to talk about it. Right. But we not have no only answers. is it about like getting irritated with other people, but... I think when it comes to like caring for yourself and starting to like figure out who you are as a person and who you want to be, because that is what friendship is about. It's about developing into better people, either with you and another person or you with yourself, Mm -hmm. um, is letting go of all of that toxic crap that you have embodied as a way to survive in this society. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a little meta, but like, I think it's important and I think a lot of people don't talk about it is the the grief that comes with losing parts of yourself that are bad for you. I kind of like hit a wall in around the end of middle school, beginning of high school. I had been holding pent up anxiety for so long that I had developed a physical tremor Mm. that I couldn't control and it was not dehydration I checked (laughs) (laughs) I 
was like, okay, I mean, since it's now causing physical manifestations, I should probably like seek counseling. So I did, but I was, I was stuck. I was mentally stuck on this idea that I would not be me without my anxiety, Hmm. that I could not be me without my stress. Yeah. That was just a personality trait at that point. Yeah, like I've had it my whole life. Like I've been stressed and have been like 100 miles per hour my entire life. And I thought that I would lose my speed, that I would lose my efficiency, that I wouldn't be as quick. I I really associated my anxiety with my efficiency. And so it was like through my counseling process, I had to like figure out how to deal with what is a healthier person that's me look like and and why don't I want that person and why am I stuck with with this like why why do I want to keep this with me why am I holding on just because it's familiar you know I think that's a really great way to psychoanalyze yourself honestly (laughs) like say why do I have these issues and why am I still holding on to them I totally relate to you because I in really stressful periods of my life I develop an eye twitch in my left eye and it is oh my totally <laughs> uncontrollable. You're and a crazy I, twitch person. No, I'm serious. And I literally noticed that it only happens in the most stressful times. And it's only happened about three times in my life. And it's very distinct. And that's when I know that, yeah, I may be stressed and know that, but it's like chronic stress at that point, which is funny that I almost use that as a gauge now to know when I'm like, oh, really time to calm down. Because like I said, it only has happened about three different points in my life. But on the kind of topic of what stresses us in psychoanalyzing ourselves, in that case, what are some ways that you develop friendship with yourself? Like, I think that I would benefit from that and maybe listeners too. Oh, man. I do you want to hear about my weekend? Oh, yes. Let's bring this in. So it's a little like you warmed it up perfectly because it was like a trial by fire of (laughs) how can you be a friend to yourself? Because basically I was like a go-getter last Saturday. I was like, perfect. I moved to a new town. I'm going to get my state license so that I can get registered to vote. And then I'm going to go pick up my prescriptions and I'm going to go get some flu vaccines because it's flu season and I get sick really easily. Perfect. Now, when I get vaccines, I, or the flu vaccine, I also get a pneumonia vaccine because I have um, asthma and my doctor like looks at me with big bug eyes every time I say I have asthma and it's flu season. So they always tell me to get pneumonia too. So I went there, I got those two on my right arm, and then I also needed another vaccine on my left arm, which is not relevant. Um, and (laughs) it's just another vaccine. So I'm like, cool. I'm so efficient. So I go home and I'm feeling kind of tired and my arms hurt because I got vaccines, which is normal for me. I always get inflammation in my arms when I get vaccines. It's totally normal. Vaccines are good for you. Get them. Okay. Yes. And um, yeah, let's so, be real right off the bat. We support vaccines. So they're good for you. Get them. Herd immunity. Protect everyone else. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, just speeding through my weekend. Um, evening comes around and I am like not feeling good. So I recently got some like bath salts 
So I was like, perfect. I'm going to like take a bath. This will this will help with the inflammation because I have a nerve disorder that causes pain and pain causes inflammation. So my whole body is inflamed at this point and it didn't help. And I actually couldn't move very well in the bathtub and I am like, okay, I'm just going to sleep it off. I took, I think I took some Tylenol and I went to bed because I'm not allowed to take anything else besides Tylenol because of other medications I take. So that's about it on the painkiller part. And I go to bed and I am like dying. Uh, I cannot sleep at all. It's 1.30 in the morning and I feel like I've been hit by a car. Remember when I said I was an empath? I don't know if you can feel, but my anxiety is rising. I am so, <laughs> so sorry. sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm trying to like speed through this, but I felt like I was dying. Uh-huh. Um, this is not Normal. my first rodeo. I felt like I was dying before. All right. The only thing that has ever helped me with pain is to just die on my bed and <laughs> hope that I can get a couple hours of sleep. And oh, then usually that. it's better in the daytime. That's, that's my go-to. On a scale of one to 10, five being like, Okay, I can still walk. Seven being, I might not be able to walk if it gets any worse. And eight being, if you tell me cutting off one of my limbs will help with the pain, you might talk me into it. (laughs) And ten being some other uh, world that I haven't been to yet. Um, I'm sure I haven't been there yet. Then, yeah. So that's the scale that we're dealing with. I was at like an eight. Oh. And um, it's a good scale. Yeah, so I, I I figured that out th- this week. I decided that I needed to figure out a consistent scale. Um, <laughs> is that what you tell your doctor? Yeah, Ten so is I can I'm call my doctor. to another universe. Um, yes, <laughs> I actually can't speak right now. I'm I can't shouting. <laughs> so I called my mom because she's a nurse and she's the only person I know to call when when it gets like this. And I'm like, well, I can't, I can't move. Oh my god. And she's like, okay, well, do you need to go to the emergency room? Yes. <laughs> now this is this is a, a hard thing for me. I don't like to receive treatment from other people that I can't give myself. I, I don't like non-self-care treatment. <laughs> oh. <nice. laughs> to be on point. Um, but this was the first time I went to the ER. It's now two in the morning. I live alone. I can't drive to the hospital. I also can't afford an ambulance. Right. Uber. I don't know how this happened. Like, it must just be some some person up there that, like, just gave me a little bit of a, of a help. Because there was an Uber driver at 2 a.m. on a Saturday in the middle of a pandemic. I'm holding a bathroom trash can in the car. So, just in case I throw up in the car. And I get to the ER. The ER is full capacity. I get there and I'm like, can barely speak, can barely stand, and am holding a bathroom trash can (laughs) so I don't throw up on the floor. And this security guard is like, hi, can I help you? And I'm like, "I, I have a migraine and pain and I have fibromyalgia. And can you, can I sit down? And he's like, yeah. And he like pulls up the wheelchair. I wait there after they get me signed in 
I wait there for an hour. Oh my god. In a wheelchair until I can receive treatment when they have a room open. And then I... It takes, like, what, like, another hour for me to get some uh, migraine medication and Benadryl and fluids. Um, This is all through an IV, so I literally could not, like, consume anything. Otherwise, I would have thrown it up. So, So, it was all through an IV, and then I passed out for, like, three hours. And then I went home. And that was my Saturday through hell. Now, Sunday through hell, I just was dead the whole day and self-loathing and felt like a failure and felt like I needed to move in with my parents because I was an invalid. Not that being fully dependent on other people to survive is a bad thing. It's just not something that I have considered for myself until Sunday. So I was not not happy. Yeah, so Sunday my uh, night, I realized that my arm had red splotches on it and was swollen. Long story short, get into urgent care. My arm's swollen, hurts a whole bunch. It's like a level like eight or nine in my arm and then like a six in the rest of my body because I still have pain because something hurts. So everything hurts. That's how Mm -hmm. far myalgia works. And I get some more of that migraine medication just in case. I get the appointment for next Tuesday and I get told that I have an infection in my right arm and I'm put on antibiotics. So here I am today. It was very difficult to like myself this last week, (laughs) okay? When you have a disability that, like, makes your whole body feel like it's on fire or, like, somebody's tearing it like string cheese, um, it's... Wow, great, great. Definitely there. I know. um, It's great to, to, to be me. What do you do when you can't be your friend? You find a friend. So that's what I did. I talked to my uh, partner. We'll call him Badger. Why Badger? Um, Because they're pretty self-sufficient. They're kind of loners and they are very hard to kill. They're super tough and actually kind of known to be aggressive. So that's that's my partner. Yeah. That's lovely. And honey badgers are super cute, especially like the the European ones with the little like white stripes across <laughs> their eyes. Like, oh my gosh, so cute. But they will kill you. Anyways. Um, <laughs> they will kill you. Good. Good. So talk to Badger. He was super unhelpful. Um, not his fault. I, it, It's hard to, to talk about disability with somebody that you care about. So I talked to my dad because my dad is very good at, at not purporting what he wants on to me. Um, <laughs> Talked to him and he kind of like basically just did the whole psychologist thing because that's what he is. He's a he's a psychologist. So after talking to him, I kind of started to go easy on myself. And yeah, but basically like even though I didn't like myself in that situation, I was a friend of myself. I figured out that like I needed support and I couldn't give it to myself. But also there wasn't enough support that some way could drive me to the hospital like only I could get myself there right so I used my resources I got myself care and then I did all the things that were necessary to keep myself alive which is like at base what a friend is for (laughs) I think that's really true so be a friend to yourself don't be so critical like you would not be roasting yourself if this was your friend, you know, 
going to the hospital for the same thing. Right. And I know how independent you are. And I know that, like you said, you don't like to accept help from a lot of people. You want to do it yourself. And I commend you for that because it's definitely gotten you this far with the fibromyalgia and the nerve pain and everything that you've gone through. And I'm glad that you've reached a point where you can accept help from other people because to all of our listeners, that is so critically important. And I think what we are going to touch on in the next episode is a little bit about friendship with others. We've really talked a lot about friendship with self today, which is so incredibly important. But I think there's another aspect that you also have to have friendship with others. And whether that is actually true or you really just need me, myself, and I is something that we'll be delving into in coming episodes. So uh, Jess, did you finish your coffee during this conversation? Oh, yeah. It's it's gone. <laughs> I I did not, as usual. I still have a oh little my bit gosh. left. You know me. She has literally never finished a drink in her entire I, okay, life. Okay, I finish beers. I finish, like, drinks. I finish water, a lot of water daily. Okay, shotgunning a beer is, okay. like, an event. Come okay, on. It's not It's not having a beverage, okay? <laughs> I can finish plenty of drinks by myself. And I actually have gotten better about finishing coffee. Coffee's the one real caveat to that statement, though. I, I am very bad about finishing She literally will leave. Like, remember, in our intro, we talk about multiple beverages. So, like, here I have a glass of water and a glass of my iced coffee. And as well. Catherine is the person that will leave glasses scattered all over her home, half full with beverages that she never finished (laughs) jess my boyfriend and my mom all mercilessly roast me on this continually in fact my boyfriend and mom have a group chat where whenever i don't finish a drink they send it to each other and say haha look Catherine didn't finish this drink and i'm in that group chat so every time i get a notification i'm like ah thank you thank you for that But um, Jess, I think we're about to the end of our very first episode. So to all of our listeners out there, we want to know that we want to hear from you. You can email us, DM us on our social media, submit a contact form that's available on our website. And the easiest way to access all of these options is through our Instagram. And our handle is at CJCoffeeTalk. So if you want to contact us that way, tell us what you think about the episode, talk to us about ways that you develop friendship with yourself that we could then post on our social media to help the rest of our listeners. We would love all of that. And no promises because we just talked about not taking our own advice, but we might take that advice into consideration that you give us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we'll talk to you soon, I guess. Yep, talk to you soon over coffee. Thank you for hanging out with Coffee Talk. Cover art is by our very own Jesse and Cat. Theme music is by Spencer Thutt. Background music is produced under Creative Commons. Coffee Talk is an independent podcast supported by two struggling 20-somethings. So we shamelessly beg our listeners to support the podcast by subscribing to our Patreon or donating through coffeetalkpodcast.bigcartel.com. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.